Hello and welcome to this week's Sports Girls podcast. I'm Denise O'Flaherty and joining me today is Jer Canan and both myself and Jer will talk you through camogie and ladies football for the next while. So we'll start with the camogie and it was a busy day on Saturday for you Jer with semi-finals in all the grades. Sports Talk were down in Semple Stadium for the two senior semi-finals and lots of reaction um, to those games that people want to go on our Twitter page. So we start off with the junior, I suppose, uh, Dublin back in a final, um, the loss last year, but did a good win on Saturday against um, Offaly, 3-12-2-1-3. Yeah, convincing win for Dublin against Offaly. Offaly actually got the first score in, of this match in the open minute from an Aoife Walsh free but after that, Evie Dillon, who was excellent for Dublin, uh, took over. She got five points. Cara Dawson, Aoife Bulldog got two points. Uh, so it was actually 8-2 at, at halftime that Dublin lead. Um, then, you know, in the second half, Dillon was excellent again, and she got another score, and then Offaly responded with a Mary Teeton point. But there was um, any hope of an Offaly fight back, I suppose, uh, was diminished when they had a player sent off for a second yellow card. Uh, but Dublin much the stronger of the two sides, and even it was a late goal uh, from Offaly just to put better uh, shine on the on the scoreboard. So Dublin convincing winners. Um, I actually predicted Dublin to win. Um, they had they were in the final last year against Westmead, so you know they still have the, the same core players. So they didn't want to go one step further last year. So. They're back in the, in the final now again this year, thanks to that Clinton win over Offaly. Yeah, and it's um, a fixture that we normally think of with football, Dublin versus Kerry, but they'll be playing in the junior Camogie final because Kerry beat Roscommon 115-215. Yeah, a uh, very big win again for Kerry, uh, 10 points in the end, but it was a lot closer for a lot, lot of it. Um, Kerry, this would be their first time in a playing in a junior All Iron final and it'd be the first time Kerry Camogie would be in Cole Park so it's going to be absolutely brilliant for Kerry Camogie um, and for all the people working down in Kerry promoting the game and so most Camogie people will have heard of Patrice Diggins she hit 10 points for Kerry she's an excellent player um, she was I think she was giant captain for UL two years ago when they won the Ashburn um, and Kerry won the Division 3 league final this year already and also beaten Common. So that's why I had fancy Kerry in this game. Um, but it was Roscommon who led at halftime. They actually led uh, one four six points. Um, Sean and Fallon got a terrific 28-minute goal for them to put them in front. Um, and then Sinead O'Brien pointed uh, in the second half to put two between the sides. But Kerry just came alive then and uh, really uh, upped their game, upped their performance and kind of started moving through the gears and were very impressive then in the second half. Um Patrice Diggin and Jackie Horgan had uh, a couple of points each and um, Laura Collins then got a goal just he was four minutes near the end to uh, seal the victory for them so one fifteen to one side win for Kerry and they'll face Dublin now in the other Ireland final that should be a cracking game um, two very good junior sides and uh, I suppose the best two sides in the competition uh, reach the final now so all to play for in that final yeah, and in the intermediate, um, down overcame your native tip. They won on a scoreline of one thirteen to two eight, so just two points in it. Yeah, and Tiberi led for most of this game. Um, they were winning at half time, uh, one seven to four points, and looked in control of this game. And fair play to down um, the players and the management. They, uh, I think, they really got their tactics right in the second half. 
made some changes with um made all the difference and um Neve Allen was excellent for them. She finished with seven points, five from freeze. Um I think we mentioned her last week on the podcast for Claire to look out for. Um and uh Sarah Louise Carr also we spoke about on the programme. Um she scored one two. Uh sister Fanula was also very impressive. Um and Paula Hagen also scored. But Tip would be disappointed. Um they looked in control at half time, six points up. Um but then uh down started a fight back and but Tip still led um going into the closing stages of this game and with two minutes left in normal time, um down got a goal uh uh to to put them ahead and then you know even though there was five or six minutes of injury time Tip couldn't uh, score and instead it was down got, got another point to seal the victory so great disappointment for Tipperary but um, a fantastic win for down and they marched on to the All-Ireland final and um, you could see on social media and everything you know there's great excitement in down already um, back in an All-Ireland Intermediate final I think it's the first time since 1998 so um, they're going to be really looking forward to that I suppose they're probably going to be underdogs up against Cork, who uh, is the third final in a row that they're appearing in. They lost last year to Mead after a replay and the year before to Kilkenny. So they'd be definitely looking to uh, go one step further. And they bet Galway in their semi-final. Uh, that game took, took place in Nina. And um, Galway actually led that game uh, at half-time. And to, it finished up Cork. Cork won 14 points to 9, but Galway needed Tina Healy to come off the bench in the second half. Uh, she's one of their minor stars, and she came on and scored um, three points in the quick succession after coming off the bench to really um, swing that game in Cork's favour. It was a low-scoring affair. Galway led a half-time, four points to three. But um, what was notable from that game was Rachel Monaghan scored all of Galway's nine points, and all nine points all came from freeze. I suppose you're not going to win a game, too many games anyway, and not scoring from play. So um, that was disappointing from Galway's point of view. But they led, at, they led seven points to five before uh, Keane Healy came off the bench. And um, she scored, three, like I said, three points in, in three minutes. Camilla Neville was also very good for them. And Saoirse McCarthy also got on the scoreboard. And then Galway just pulled away then with scores from Caitlin Hickey, Caroline Sugru, um and Fanula Neville again, but uh, Galway got a late penalty, but that shot was saved. Uh, so it finished up Cork 14 points to Galway 9 points. Yeah, and then the double header in Semble Stadium. Fantastic for the Camogie players to get a run out in Semble Stadium. The Camogie Association themselves were delighted with the crowd and delighted to get the opportunity. In the first game, Kilkenny defeated Galway 110 yeah, it was a great occasion. Double header, all Ireland semi final in Semper Stadium, uh, live on television, live on radio, um, lots of, uh, different sports media there, like this, ourselves here, Sports Talk, where I had, um, and from our tweeting and, uh, doing interviews after the game. So it was really well, great publicity and there was a great buzz in the stadium. Um, fortunately, the games probably didn't live up to the, I suppose to the excitement of the occasion and the first game very defensive um, finished 110 to 1-7 so quite a low scoring game uh, half time Kilkenny led 6 points to 4 um, even though you know Galway were quite impressive in the in the opening period um, but um, couldn't really get past the Kilkenny defence as we know the Kilkenny kind of played defensive enough system um, and but you know at the end both backs were probably on top for 
long periods of the game. Um, but after the restart, uh, Galway went ahead. The points carried Dolan, a uh, young player that we said took out for the start of the year. She was on free taking duties. She finished with five points from freeze. Um, in the second half, she scored three frees and Galway went ahead for a short time, but then Julian Malone equalised. And then I suppose the turning point in the game was a Katie Power goal on the 48 minute. That was after a great move where Kenny really attacked, opened up the Galway defence, created the overlap, and Katie Power finished with a hand pass goal. Um, just after that goal, uh, you know, I suppose Galway probably have to regret looking back. Maybe I'm, I can be a bit critical of Galway at times, but I just think Mogi just so needs someone to break up the top two of Kenny and Clark, and I suppose Galway are that team that I think can do that. So I was kind of hoping, um, you know, that they would win this game. And when that goal went in in the 48 minutes, I just thought it needed some calm, cool and composure. And instead... I found they kind of went for a goal on the next attack. They went for a goal, kind of down on the end line where a tap over the over the bar would have been the better option. I think you know reduce you know instead of three points from a goal suddenly it's just you can just in your head say look they're just scared about the goal. They're two points in the head, you know. And instead um, they missed this weren't a chance for a score, and then Kilkenny just kind of. You know, confidence that are growing, and and they got three points in their trash to pull away. And you know, then I was at the stage of the game where Galway had to go for goals to because the to narrow lead. And you know, I think the game, the result was never in doubt. Even though in the 65th minute, uh, Galway won a penalty which Rebecca Henley scored, and suddenly there was only a goal in it. Um, but time was running out. They did have one more chance, and Denise Gall, who was excellent all day, scored six six points from freeze. She actually caught a late ball. And that was sent into the into the Kilkenny um, goal goal and she caught it and came out with it. Um, but for me, the you know the disappointing aspect of the game was if we go down through the scores, um, Kilkenny or sorry, Galway only got two points from play. Neve Kilkenny got a point and Ayrshire Riley got a point. After that, they scored one five from freeze. Well, the goal from the penalty and five points from freeze. Uh, on the Kikenny side then Denise Gall had six frees Katie Power scored 1-1 one, one. Julianne Malone got a pint Michelle Quigley got a pint and Megan Farr got a pint but still it's only 1-4 from play and Galway got two points so in the whole game we had only a goal and six points from play and I think that's why it never sparked to life that game um, you know the crowd were you know wanted to get behind the team wanted to see scores from play uh, good open Kamogi instead of it defensive now I want I, I I you know in the past I've been critical of rules and referees I suppose in Camogie but um, I think it's at the stage where the rules are going to have to change where the game is allowed a bit more physicality shouldering whatever or else the referees are going to have to be pulled in and said look let the game flow a bit because you know when you see one team scoring six points from freeze and another team scoring five points from freeze and only one six being scored in the whole game from play it stops start it, there's no open scoring and um, you know, and at this point, and it was the same in the second game, really. Um, I know Cork scored more. You know, Cork got 18 points from play, but Tip only scored four points from play. Um, so I was just going through the stats there. Of the two semi-finals, two senior semi-finals, which you have your four best teams in the country playing, only a goal and 28 points were scored from play. So that's just an average of seven points from play per each team, you know, and only one goal scored from play from the four teams. So... Um, you know, any time you go out, you want your team to be scored more than an average of seven points from play. So I think that's why, as a spectacle, you know, it was a bit disappointing. And I don't like being negative, but that's just, I suppose, the feeling after the game uh, by everyone that was at it, that 
it wasn't the most open, enjoyable attacking game of Camogie. And uh, the other game, unfortunately, your tip were defeated by Cork, 21 points to nine. Yeah, but uh, yeah, definitely disappointing from a tip point of view. But also, there was a lot of positives. Um, I suppose everybody in Tipperary um, were a bit worried that you know they were knocked out at the quarterfinal last year by Galway inside the stadium, and the game was effectively open over that after ten minutes, uh, they just didn't show up, and Galway blew them out of the water. And there was a lot of people very nervous about this game. We played Cork already in the months of championship and in the group stages, and they beat beaten us by I think fifteen points and. Um, we thought, you know, Semple Stadium, big open pitch, you know, there was a worry that, you know, we could have been blown out of the war on a much younger side. But instead, you know, Tiff came out really well in the first half, were settled very well, showed no signs of nerves. I would say we're the better of the two teams in the open um, exchanges and, um, you know, even took the lead at one stage. But um, Cork being Cork, you know, Tiff had to work really, really hard for all their scores in the first half and just to really stay in contention with Cork. And um, Caught the van, who's championship top scorer, you know, Pamela Mackey picked her up because, uh, tips it up the clock, played a bit out the field before out towards midfield, half hour line midfield, and they just played two inside with Sarah Friday and Grace O'Brien. And um, you can see what Tip were trying to do. They were trying to make sure that what happened against Galway last year didn't happen, that, you know, that we were, you know, trying to hold Cork out for the opening 15 minutes or so. And this, you could say, worked to an extent because at half time it was, um, Nine points to six in Cork's favour, so Tip only three points behind at half time. And you could see him going in at half time. The body language was very positive. He went in. I would say they were probably the happier of the two teams. Um, but I'd imagine probably Murray had a stern talking to some of these players at half time. Cork maybe a bit casual, um, hit a lot of wides, dropped shots, shot short in the first half. Um, the second half then, uh, after the restart, uh, Tip missed two chances that you really, you know, kind of came back to haunt him and because next thing Cork got a point and next thing did four points in a row and they just started to pull away then or the Dwyer scored a point then to narrow the gap but then Cork took over and had five points in a row and Tip never stopped fighting never stopped trying but you know we're just outclassed but stronger physical faster um, you know more experienced team I thought Chloe Sigerson was brilliant um, playing wing back scored three points she was excellent and Katrina Mackey, in my opinion, is one of the most underrated forwards in the country. Uh, she just goes about her business nice and quiet. There's no drama. And you had ever see any interview or anything. Um, you know, she just, you nearly forget she's there sometimes until she gets on the ball. And she has lightning pace. And, you know, she got three points and was very good in the first half of Cork when they weren't firing in the And Orla caught her then. She wasn't even down to start, but she ended up starting was on the freeze, scored seven freeze and also two points from play. So, you know, but Tipperary, in fairness, never fighting uh, and, you know, created some goal chances just before half time. They ran at the court defence, uh, Sarah Friday, laid it off to Kier the Matter, laid it off to Cleave Matter and her shot went just barely over the bar. Uh, hard to know if she's going for a goal or going for a point, maybe it was a bit indecisive. Mm-hmm. You know, looking back, maybe could have taken a few steps, but, you know, really was a goal chance. And, um, you know, there was definitely things Tip can work on. Even Cork, some of the Cork players, and the interview after the Luda, that it was a tough game and that Tiberi really took it to them in the first half. But I think Cork showed their class in the second half and showed their experience. And that's what they do to teams like, you know, Tip looked tired near the end because 
you know, they had to work so hard to try and stay within touch and distance of Cork. And when the tide just kicked in, then Cork just took over and ran out comfortable winners, 21 points from nine. Yeah, so going to be good day of Kamoki on the 9th of September in Crow Park and we'll have all the coverage and um, the reaction and um, the pre-match build-up to those finals on Sports Talk. You mentioned referees and I was at a game on Saturday and there was other incidents I've seen in other games so we can talk about that after we um, run through the ladies' matches. Uh, okay, Denise, it was a big weekend for ladies' football as well. Um and Saturday there was the intermediate semi-final between Tyrone and Sligo. Tyrone ran out winners, points three fourteen to three ten. Yeah, and Tyrone left it late to get the job done, but they actually got the job done. It's the second year in a row that Sligo were defeated by Tyrone at this stage. Um, and just two between them at half time, it was seven points to five. Now, I didn't think that Tyrone were going to win this game, but Sligo had improved in a lot of their group games, and the group games had brought them on. And um, all the goals came in the second half, so we had six goals in the second half. And Tyrone were six points up at one stage, but credit to Sligo, they kept at it, and Katie Walsh and Denise McGrath scored two goals to level matters for Sligo. Then they were dealt a huge blow when McGrath was sin-binned and then Tyrone were able to go on and close out the game. So they'll be favourites, I think, for All-Ireland um, honours on the 16th of September. But we've got Mead and Roscommon waiting in the wings for them. So they'll have a say on that too. Very good. Just when you um, mentioned the sin-bin, it just reminded me of the camogie between Tip and Carr. There was a load of yellow cards dished out to the Tipperary team. Um, and I'm just wondering, the sin-bin had a huge effect you know, it sounds like it had a huge effect on that game. Yeah. Uh, is it a, is it fair or like is it is it a yellow card because of the sin bin? Are referees slow to give a yellow card because if there was sin bin, then Camogie, I don't think there'd be anyone left on the field that night. Yeah, and then it all depends on what they determine a challenge. Um, I've seen robust challenges going in and only ticked, and then the you know the lightest of or a player, you know something. Could, bring them in there, you know, your your motivation, your drive, anything else could bring you into a tackle and all of a sudden then, you're, you know, you're gone for 10 minutes and we'll mention the, the, the Tipperary game in a few minutes time where they lost four players and that has got a huge effect on the team. Sinbin, it's great but it depends on how well how referees perceive fouls. That's basically how good the Sinbin is. Okay. And then Fermanagh and Longford finished uh, Fermanagh 2-10, Longford 3-13. Yeah, and Longford stayed up in um, the intermediate. And for Fermanagh, they're back down to junior. Michelle Farrell was the player of the game for Longford. Fantastic footballer. She had her wrist actually strapped up because she hurt it in a club game. But she still went out and put in a fantastic performance. Melda Reynolds scored a hat-trick. And this is actually Longford's first win of the whole year. And it was the most important one. Um, Fermanagh were leading by four at the break. They got a harsh penalty decision, uh, which Emer Smith put away. And then the first ball, the first goal came from a line ball, which should have been given to Longford. But um, credit to Longford, they didn't put their heads down. Now, Fermanagh did miss the penalty in the early stages of the second half. We all thought it was uh, a free, but the referee pointed to the spot again. But um, Emer Smith was unlucky this time. And I think a kind of Fermanagh head dropped then, and Longford were kind of boosted by that. And then minutes later, they got the second goal through 
um, Imelda Reynolds. And then in the 43rd minute, she got her hat-trick. So Longford were able to hold on and were able to relegate Fermanagh to um, the junior. And, you know, we've had this conversation before and um, I know it myself and I've, I've talked to other people who are involved in it. In the ladies, um, you get promoted and you could be in a tough group, which Fermanagh were in this year. And we're going to even talk about, about Tipperary in a few minutes. And playing Division One next year, but they'll be playing intermediate football. Should there be a grace period? What What would you think from someone, you know, on the outside looking in? Should there be a grace period of maybe two years that a team that gets a chance? Because Tipperary were in a group where you know they had tough teams in it, and you had provincial winners as well. And and I remember the Roscom the Fermanagh manager said to me on Saturday that you know they were in with Roscommon in their group, and Roscommon are now in All Ireland semi final. And the provincial winners were never going to be relegated. So they were, on a, they were fighting a losing battle from the start for Manor. And they did pull it up, I have to say, to, um, to Roscommon in the last game. And they'd done the same with Longford. But he lost so many players from last year's panel because as soon as they won the All-Ireland, a lot of them thought that's the pinnacle and they hung up their boots. Mm. So I'm just wondering, should we have a grace period of maybe two years to allow teams the chance to play at the top of their level? Yes, yeah, I was only talking about this as well to people here, I suppose, because of Tipperary. Um, I just, you know, I suppose Tipperary is one of the stories of um, the year for me yeah. in sport last year. You know, they had uh, winning the league and winning the championship went unbeaten. They yeah. got a lot of attention for that also. Um, you know, they were a very good team, but they also had some very good individual players like Ashton McCarthy and Ashton Maloney. Yeah. I suppose everybody was talking to, about them because they saw them, you know, uh, we, they saw a lot of Tipperary last year. And they went up Fina and I suppose I didn't even think about relegation. I wasn't concerned that there was a relegation. I was kind of thinking, watching all their matches, uh, watching the results, God, you know, they're doing well in their first year senior. Okay, they didn't get the results, but they were very competitive in one of the games they played. And for me, uh, for a team going up senior, making that leap, you know, that would have been a good year to be competitive. And then, right, next year now, we try to build it. But all of a sudden, and then I was like, oh, no, there's relegation. And yeah. the next thing, they're gone down, they're relegated. Um, so from, I suppose, I just think it's a bit strange then as well because they're going back down. And you could see, that I would imagine, they're going to be disheartened yeah. going back to intermediate next year. And even though you think they probably should do well, they probably could easily not because it could upset the whole thing again and just... The mood in the camp obviously is not going to be great going back. It's going to take a bit of work, you know, even just from the psychological point of view. Um, you know, nobody likes taking a step forward yeah. and then a step, two steps back. But um, I suppose the other point of view then is, uh, is I all think that uh, the ladies football championship is very good, very competitive, very strong. But is that because they have this relegation system and only keep it to the 12 teams at senior level and you know because I was like oh that's a bit lousy on tape you know but then maybe I'm being biased but yeah do you have you have, I suppose you have to have some kind of promotion relegation system as well and you know by having relegation it's probably keeping the competition very strong if you know what I mean and um, now the other side is that people were talking about the one the division two final this year it's madness they're going to be playing with the top women's teams next year playing against them and yet mm. they'll have to try and perk themselves up for an intermediate championship and there's going to be so much pressure on them because obviously they're playing Division 1 football everyone will expect oh yeah Tipperary are going to win this easy but you know that's the time when Tipperary or our teams that are expected to win don't win it yeah and it's just a hard one because if they if you say 
if you don't have relegation promotion, like I think if someone wins, they have they do have to come up. Mm. I don't think it's fair to then decide to stay where they are because that's not fair on the other teams, especially if they're in the final and they want to have a chance. But if someone's coming up and then someone has to go down yeah. or else it's going to get too far up there, but um, I don't really know what the solution is because then if you say, okay, Tip can't be in relegation this year because they have to have two, two teams relegated, you know, I don't know what was. I didn't see Waterford Camogie um, did mediate, didn't win a game in their first year, um, and maybe won. I think maybe won one in the second year, and then this year won a couple of games, uh, got to a quarter final. Yeah. So that was like because they're competing with the top teams, they're going it. to improve and get better. And it took them a few years, and next thing they're in another in quarter final. So you could see the benefit of they were allowed to stay up. You know, yeah. and while Der- Derry came up from intermediate a few years ago in the Camogie, and I say just by choice they went down again themselves. Um, but see, the Camogie can do that because they don't have that many teams. There's only there is only ten teams I've seen it, and you know if there's eleven one year, it's not the end of the world. If it goes back to ten, if it goes up to twelve, they can just work around. They can have six and five in the group, you know. So um, I don't know what the solution is because, and I suppose. I feel at the moment it's not right because I've seen Waterford, Camogie and the, and the way it has worked for them. It doesn't seem right for Tiberi to be going back down into media after only one year of seeing her. I don't know what the solution yeah. is, you know. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, and then you mentioned Tipperary and I mentioned Tipperary. They lost to Cavan 214 to 114. Lots of drama in this game. Tipper actually had by nine points, but it was some comeback from James Daly's Cavan. I did think that you know, the fact that it was home advantage might just swing it for Cavan. And Cavan haven't actually put in a performance this year that they are capable of. Um, Tipperary had four Simbins in this game. This is just unreal. With Ashley Maloney and Ashley McCarthy, both yellow carded, there were huge losses for them. And some decisions were questionable in that game. And um, it's something I said to you before that I noticed over the weekend. Now, Ashley Maguire scored 10 points for Cavan. And Sinead O'Sullivan and Ashley Gilson come on. And they made a huge difference for Cavan in this win. Ashley Sheridan and Lauren McVitie with the goals. And if anyone gets a chance to go onto Jerome Quinn's Twitter page and have a look at McVitie's goal, absolute cracking goal. I mentioned it. Um, and I mentioned it after Longford's game as well against Romana some of the refereeing decisions over the weekend, and especially in the two games where every decision counted and any mistake that a team or anything that was punished could have really had a severe effect on a team. And, um, you know, something has to be done. I also watched a match where I felt that the referee was very unfit, couldn't keep up with play. You know, something has to be done because you've got these girls preparing for how many months for their inter-county football um, it comes down to, unfortunately for some of them, it comes down to one game, you know, to stay up in their grade and a few decisions could cost them. And as we said, you know, it could be hard for Tipperary to come back down, to come back up from intermediate. Longford were very lucky that they did um, get, you know, that Michelle Farrow was able to just take the game, take a hold of the game and Longford were able to win that game. But if, if Fermanagh had scored the second penalty, that was Longford down by seven and I don't think they would have come back. And when you think of it, Tipperary, four players to this inbind, including the two star players, Maloney and McCarthy. Like, yeah. I don't know. Well, that's just going to add to Tipperary's woes, I suppose, mm. um, disappointment of being really... First of all, disappointment of having to um, 
go from an neutral venue to an away venue or to a home venue for Cavan. Yeah. And then um, the refereeing decisions and the sin bin and, and then to be relegated after winning the league this year and playing Division 1 football. But Shinna will, that's the way it is. Yeah, no, I just think something should be done. We were talking about the consistency in games and in huge games like that. And um, you were just saying before, um, I felt sorry for Tipperary because because they had to change the game because of Orlo Dwyer playing Camogie. That's why Calvin at the home venue, which I think that's very unfair. You know, you're basically punishing mm. a team for having a dual star. Yeah, a lot. In Tipperary, a lot of people are not happy with it at all. But um, I don't, I actually, I think they, it was, I think the ladies football should have stepped in there now. I wouldn't. You know, in fairness, Cavan are going to take every advantage yeah. they can to try and stay up. But uh, it's, in my opinion, it's ladies' football. Um, there should be a rule there. That, you know, that fixtures can be changed. It sounds like from what we're here in Tipperary and what goes on in Cody is that um, the rule, the, the fixture was made, and that fixture stays unless both sides agree. So Cavan agreed to change it as long as they have home venue, and Tipperary had no choice but to go ahead with that. But there should be some rule where that uh, the Lake Football Association and Camogie can step in and change rule, change fixtures. That it doesn't have to be that it gets approved from both sides. That they can override, you know, fixtures and say, look for the common sense or for dual yeah. players or whatever. This fixture has to change. I know nobody wants to see fixtures changed because it has a knock-on effect maybe yeah. on some games that are going to take place and stuff like that. But still, like common sense has to prevail on some occasions. Yeah, and um, like you last weekend, um, we have a busy weekend this weekend with three games in Dr. Hyde Park in Roscommon. It's um, the intermediate semi-final and then we have two senior semi-finals. So Sports Talk will be there. So we'll be tweeting and doing updates and match reports and reaction to it. So I'll start with the Mead Roscommon game and it's part of a triple header, I said. And these two sides met in the group stages with Roscommon coming out on top. Mead, though, had a very good win over Clare. They have been inconsistent, but they had a very good win over Clare in the quarterfinals where Roscommon beat Leash. And I feel this game is going to be a very tight affair. Uh, plenty of top players on show. Um, can't ride meat off after that win against Clare. Um, but I just think that it's being in the hide and the fact is at home for Roscommon that might actually tip the the scales or in in their favour. And then after that, it's Cork against Donegal in the first of the All Ireland Senior Football semi-finals, and it's the first time Donegal actually have been in an All-Ireland semi-final. They won all the group games, but this is going to be their toughest game so far against the Cork side that I feel are finding form at the right time. Johnny McLaughlin has been terrific for Donegal, so they'll be looking towards her, but um, their backs will have a tough time. I just feel, and they'll need to be on top for this game against the potent Cork forward line. You players like Orla Finn, uh, Darren O'Sullivan, Libby Commenter, and then you've Saoirse Noonan, if she's on the bench, She's the type of player that can come on and completely change a game. And then the next one is the big one. I just think, you know, we've got a tasty one um, in the second of the semi-finals, And it's the All-Ireland Champions Dublin against Galway. Now, Dublin haven't been tested yet in this championship, but I definitely think they're going to meet their match on Saturday. Galway have been brilliant. And we'll look back to the Division 1 League semi-final where they lost to Dublin to a late goal. And I think they'll want to be out to avenge that. There'll be battles all over the field. And both teams um, have both actually kicked up high scores 
um, in group games. So both defences will want to be on on top for that one and they'll want to stop leaking goals. There's going to be top quality on the field as well and whoever wins that game will want to lay down a marker for September the 16th. And who would you predict for those two semi-finals if you put your... Put your money on the line. I won't send me money. My mother's from Cav and stuff, a bit of a mean streak about me. Um, I think Cork, <laughs> um, it's a fantastic achievement for Donegal to get this far, but I just think Cork finding form at the right time, you know, they're putting up great scores. I think Cork should win that one. And then the Dublin game, I am really looking forward to that. I've seen Dublin play a few times this year. Galway, like, they just completely blew me all apart in the quarterfinals. Um, I just, I have a sneaking feeling that Galway could actually do it. You know, Dublin, I said, haven't been tested, even though Galway kind of went through their group stages with ease. But I just feel maybe um, it could be Galway's year, so we could have a Galway-Cork All-Ireland um, final. Which would be unreal to think to be two totally different teams in a final compared to last year. It would be very interesting for ladies football. And that's why that's the point I'm making. Ladies football is very competitive at senior level. There's some serious top quality sides and... Uh, no, great to see Donegal there in the semi-final as well. And just back to the the first game of that triple header, a really feast of ladies football. Who who would you pick between Mead and Roscommon in the end? I think I I think Roscommon. I think home support could um, help Roscommon. Um, it'd be a fantastic achievement. You know, it'd be lovely when you look at it. Um, you could have um, Galway Cork in the senior final. Um, you could have Roscommon and Tyrone, like Tyrone being there before. But and then, you know, we've got two semi-finals then for the junior on Sunday. We've Limerick and London. Um, Limerick were relegated last year, so they'll be hoping to bounce back. London finished runner-up to loud in their group games. Both sides actually have suffered suffered defeats in the groups. Um, Limerick had a better score difference, so that's how they came out on top of their group. Um, London hit form, but maybe, you know, the experience might help. Limerick in this game and then we've Louth and Derry in the next one so you've last year's beaten finalists versus the favourites so I think for the junior title Louth and Louth themselves were relegated as well as Limerick last year but they went they've been fine this year they've been very good in the league then the championship they just racked up high scores in the championship and then went through the group stages with ease, ease. three wins out of three Derry I suppose will want to um, get game revenge for last year's defeat to Fermanagh in the final after a replay. Um, Loud will want to bounce back after being relegated and um, they'll want to, uh, to make a return to Crow Park. So I just got a feeling that Loud could, could yet come out there so we could have a, a Limerick-Loud junior final. So kind of when, when you look at all the teams then you've got a, a good representative, you've got representatives from, um, if this happens, from all the provinces for um, on All-Ireland final day. Very good. So that's the two junior semi-finals that take place on Sunday. Half 12, Limerick and London in Mallow in Cork. And at 1 o'clock, Derry take on Loud in Agaloo in Tyrone. Yeah, so uh, that's that's us for the weekend. So um, a bit like last weekend, if people want to um, keep up to date with Sports Talk and uh, we'll have um, everything, all the build-up to the games on Saturday. And then, obviously, then from next week on, we can start talking about, uh, we'll have a review of the games, and then we can kind of start our build-up then. Jared, we over to you, then our build-up to the Camogie finals, and we'll have reaction. We're going to try and get to media nights and all, so we'll have um, all stuff up on our, on our website as well. Yeah, so definitely sportstalk.me is the place to go for everything ladies' football and Camogie, all the coverage, all the reviews and previews. 
ask Camogie and Ladies Football as we get to the real exciting end of the championship. That's exactly it. Listen, Ger, thank you very much. I'm down in the beautiful, sunny uh, Tipperary today. We've got our four cold summer camps here in uh, Dala. Jason Ford is out there today. There's plenty of stars coming, so it should be a, a great few days here. Listen, thank you so much, Ger. We'll talk to you next week. Stay tuned to sportsdoc.ie. Look on um, our Twitter page, Facebook and website for all the latest, as Ger said, on ladies and camogie.